welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Vidal. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, it's Jane Bedell, the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. Welcome back for this week's Brain Coach Tip. You know, over the last 20 plus years, I've seen thousands of families incorporate the neurodevelopmental approach for life and see amazing results. I've seen frustrated parents become encouraged and children that didn't think they were very smart realize a new confidence in themselves. I've even seen children with dramatic special needs reach far beyond their predicted potential. My goal today is to equip you with resources and the reassurance that your child's functional ability can change and God can use you to make it happen. Please share the link to this podcast with your friends and family. You just never know when you might be the link God wants to use so another family can get the help they're praying for. Today our topic is Special Needs Homeschooling 101. Do you have a child with special learning needs? While every child is unique and needs specialized attention, some seem to require more. They struggle to progress through typical milestones and traditional curriculum and approaches just don't seem to help them. That was my dilemma with my firstborn, Janae. When she was five or six years old, I remember thinking, I think I can do better than what's happening here when I was observing her school classroom. But being educated as a public school teacher in the 70s, the public school mindset is all I knew. That is, until God opened my eyes of understanding for a different way. When Janae was nine, God moved us to Dallas, Texas where we attended a new church. Lo and behold, they were having a homeschool introduction meeting the very next weekend. I had never heard of such a thing. It changed my family's life. Homeschooling was the best decision I ever made. If you are concerned that you may not have the skills or training to homeschool your child with special needs, don't be. You may not be an expert on curriculum or teaching techniques, but you are the expert on your child. God will show you. He will equip you as he calls you. No matter where you are in your journey with your special needs child, whether you are just now considering homeschool for this special person in your life, or whether you're a veteran, all of us need encouragement and equipping past our current level of knowledge. My prayer is that you find some of that equipping in this very podcast. Let me start with a part of my story and how God led me every step of the way. Janae was born pretty little. She was 5 pounds 4 ounces and she was 38 weeks gestation, so she wasn't that early. She had club feet, which was our first hurdle. She had to have casts on her legs when she was 1 week old. And then for 12 weeks, we had to deal with casts on and casts off. And then she had a bar that she had to wear between her feet 
to straighten her feet out. And that kept her from doing a lot of developmental things that she should have. But I didn't know it at the time. Another hurdle that we had to deal with during her early years was a medical hurdle. She had ear infections after bladder infection after ear infection until she was five years old. After that, we had a surgery that fixed the bladder issue, and then she was healthy. At one, the pediatrician said, she's just delayed across the board. So we went with early childhood intervention, where they came into the house and helped me know some things to help stimulate her. When she was three, of course, they graduated her to public school. Well, we lasted about one semester in that, and then I brought her home. Pretty soon, God showed me a private school that was a really good fit for her. And then I homeschooled her with the traditional approach for five more years. After that, I was about to give up, but God showed me the neurodevelopmental approach, which I used for another three years. It made amazing transition for her. And at that point, God said, I want to use you to tell other people about this because they need it just like you did. Well, I remember thinking all the time that she was growing up how that I had laughed more and cried more over that particular child than anything else in life. Well, I had just thought that I had cried more until she became ill when she was about 36, and no one could find out what was wrong with her until the cancer had overtaken her. So sad for us, but wonderful for her, she's been in heaven for almost three years. As I mentioned, Janae made tremendous gains with the neurodevelopmental approach, reading much higher than I was ever able to do with the traditional approach, and doing math and enjoying it. So she had hobbies and reading ability all through the rest of her life, from the time she was 15 on, that she never would have had if we didn't put those techniques into practice and those strategies of building a good foundation of brain function so that she could function better. One thing I've noticed through the years of working with families with learning challenges is something that I experienced myself, and that is fear. That's one of the biggest battles for a mom with special needs child, I think. You ask yourself questions like, what does the future hold for this child? What if people make fun of him or misinterpret his actions? What will happen when I'm not there to help her? Will friends be part of her life? How do I afford these therapies that she needs? All of those questions tend to bring up fear and concern in a mother's heart. I want you to remember this. Fear is like a magnet that goes into the future and pulls toward you what you do not want. In Job 3.25, Job says, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid is come unto me. You know, God tells us 365 times in the Bible not to fear. Having a child that seems to be more vulnerable than most makes these admonitions not to fear read a lot easier than they're able to be done. It's important that you push back against these fears as they are counterproductive and often cause the child to experience anxiety as well. They pick up on your anxiety. So what's a mom to do? 
Well, when you're tempted to fear, replace that thought with this one. Faith, on the other hand, goes into the future and pulls toward you what you do want. I often tell the parents of my clients to think of it this way. The God of the universe that flung the stars into their exact place in the sky has your precious little, or big one, right in the palm of his hand. How much more secure can we be? One thing you have to really think about is what is God doing or what might he be doing in you through the experience of having the special needs child? There were many things that God did in me over the 37 years that Janae was here with us. I remember having to have more determination because she needed more help. Perseverance was gained. I had compassion. Now when I'm in the grocery store and there's a special needs person packing my groceries, I have a new appreciation for that person and the struggles they go through. Seeing people differently is another thing God can do through this experience. One thing is expecting more, but not being frustrated with less. That's a real fine line to go through. It builds patience in you, obviously, but when you expect more from your child, you get more. But you just have to walk that fine line of not being frustrated when they can't reach what your expectations are. God is working in you, and if you will just talk with him about what it is that he wants to do in you, it's going to be a better experience all the way around. There are a myriad of emotions that you go through, but one of them is grief. And you want to really talk with God about how he can carry you through the grief of having a child that's not typical. All your dreams and aspirations and thoughts as you were carrying the child and as they were a baby, sometimes those are dashed. But God is in control. He is going to help you. He's going to help the child. And he's going to make a difference on the earth. You know, now I have the privilege and the platform with these podcasts to use my heartache to minister to people all over the world. I call this the ripple effect of Janae's life. When she was six, someone was inspired to raise money for a water well in Africa. It bears a plaque with her name. Now the whole village has safe drinking water. This is part of the ripple of her life. Another part of the ripple is where we are able to travel across the country to homeschool conferences to give hope and help to parents that are struggling with children that have special needs. Be sure to check out the Little Giant Steps website, littlegiantsteps.com, And look under our services for 2017 conventions. That will give you information about where we're going to be in Oklahoma, in Ohio, in Georgia, Florida, and Iowa. God has us traveling a lot this season. We would love to meet you in person. You know, it's just amazing how God has used Janae's story and the hope that lies in the neurodevelopmental approach for life through these podcasts and these conventions. In these podcasts, we're reaching more than five continents. It's really an honor to serve God in this way. There are a number of ways that we can help you equip yourself for success through the neurodevelopmental approach for life. One is the product Early Learning Foundations. 
In this product, it goes from teaching them their numbers in one-to-one -one counting in level one, all the way through third grade math in level three. I have a lot of families that use the Early Learning Foundations level one for their children with Down syndrome and other syndromes, or a myriad of labels like autism. Some need a little bit of adaptation. One of the things you can use is, you know, a lot of the things in that particular program are using paper and pencil, like visual discrimination. This is noticing the difference between things in a group. But you can do that same visual discrimination with spoons and forks, or a plate and a knife. You put several plates and one knife, and then you say, which one doesn't belong? Which one's not the same? So you can use those kinds of adaptations for this and come back to the paper and pencil later and just keep moving on. Don't let something like that stop you just because they're not grasping one aspect. Because paper and pencil is a lot different than three-dimensional. Patterns are the same way. If your child is not able to see the pattern in the early learning foundations where there's a car and a boat and a car and a boat, what you can do is use real objects and make a pattern, a block and a pencil, a block and a pencil, and then ask them what comes next. The thing that's different about the Early Learning Foundations is it has these brain-building aspects of neurodevelopment built into it. It's going to work on their short-term memory, auditory and visual. It's going to work on their tactile system, also movement that organizes the brain and builds that foundation for thinking. That's all built into it. And also the approach of input versus output, giving information in, and then instead of just always asking for information out, it works a lot better. And when you do that, like giving them information often with very short, intense sessions, they remember it and they make great progress. This Early Learning Foundations is actually really good for the typical three-year-old to four-year-old as well. You can consider it for that if your child that's typically developing says, well, where's my school? You can use three to five minutes, sometimes one-minute sessions, all during the day to give input that will help them be totally successful when they get to kindergarten. This frequency, intensity, and duration that I was just talking about is explained in podcast number three. I want to encourage you to go back and take a look at that. One thing you can do is create these small steps along the way of inputting information so that that function can manifest. And then the other thing you want to do is really celebrate all of those small steps. When Janae was little, she didn't hardly talk. She didn't talk till she was like three years old. And so she's my firstborn, only one home. You know, when we're social beings, and it's hard to talk to someone that doesn't talk back to you. When I realized when taking her to a speech therapist that I needed to be talking to her all the time so that she would have that input to be able to talk later, it made all the difference. So what I want to encourage you, if you have a child that doesn't speak much, or for any child that you want to just enhance their language, you want to narrate everything you do all day. Here's an example. I'm opening the door now. This is the light switch. Light on, light off. 
You're giving them vocabulary by naming things all over the house as well as parts of things. And then you name actions as well. This input will help with development. Now, after she was three, I couldn't hardly get her to stop talking. If you have the situation where your child is echolalic, like you say something and they repeat the same thing, what you can do is ask a question and then answer it right away. Then ask the question again and wait. After this pattern is established for a while, they'll start answering your question. So if you say, how old are you? And then you say, I am five years old. Then you say, how old are you? Over time, that will help them know the appropriate thing to answer instead of just saying the same thing that, that you're saying. One thing I've seen in children that have some delays is their auditory processing is a real huge issue. You know, in typical development, change is normal. Change is good, and they want change. They just go from one change to the next, you know, from rolling over to being able to crawl and move forward and get up on their hands and knees and creep, and then they walk, and it's just change, 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 and change is wonderful. But if children get stuck in development, change is hard. It feels like you want to avoid it because it is hard. So when their processing is low, this is really not good to get stuck in that because then their maturity is lower, their ability to hold pieces is lower. It affects everything, their behavior, their ability to follow directions and stay on task. Many things that you want them to be able to do are affected by this low auditory processing. We have a couple of resources at littlegiantsteps.com where you can get auditory processing test kits and visual processing test kits. Just click on the home page where it says auditory or free test kits and we'll send those to you. You can test your child, find out where they are, find out what's age appropriate, and then ways to work on that with little bits of time frequently each day, just one to two minutes at a time to raise that processing and you will see amazing abilities come up. Especially if you're trying to teach your child to read, this processing is a huge issue because they can't handle phonics well. Janae knew every sound of O-U-G-H, all six of them, and 70 phonograms. She knew you could show her that and she could just tell you immediately what the sound was, but holding those pieces together was practically impossible for her past three-letter words. So we did a different approach to reading, and you can learn about that on our website too and in other podcasts on reading, and teach them a different way, work on their processing, and then add the phonics back in, and then they just take off in reading. It was just amazing the difference that it made for Janae. One final thought I want to leave with you for making your way through life with a child that has special needs. And that is, you've got to keep yourself encouraged. You know, David said, I built myself up in the Lord. And so he did it himself. One way to keep yourself encouraged is to keep a record of what the current function is. And then go back periodically and review that. Sometimes we get caught up in what's currently not happening and we forget those things that 
they weren't doing before and now they're doing. So if you keep this record, it will really make a difference in building your faith. One other thing that can really help build your faith is a book that we have at littlegiantsteps.com that supports Steps of Hope, which is our nonprofit. It teaches techniques to help you go through life looking for God talking to you and recording those things to help build your faith. This is one thing a special needs child really does is helps you go on your knees and build your faith. One thing I hope we accomplish today is to help you be encouraged that you can homeschool your special needs child. You are the one that has the most at stake and you can do it. God will equip you along the way. Just want to encourage you to go to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and look for other podcasts that I've done that have specific equipping on different subjects. And be sure to check out the handout that we have on this podcast. You just go to Ultimate Homeschool Radio, click on Brain Coach Tips, and you'll see this episode number 25 and be able to get the handout that lets you know about other services that we have that can help you depending on your special needs of the child that you're working with. Next week, we switch to the opposite extreme with the topic Organizing Einstein. Those gifted brains can reach more of their potential if their brain is working efficiently. If God's calling you to educate your gifted child at home, He will equip you to do it, just like He does with the special needs children. I have watched thousands of moms with no additional educational training take the neurodevelopmental approach for life to create the atmosphere to change their child's life. You can do it too. Until next week, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life at any age. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray you'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate the skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.